Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This dude is looking Cy Young-like again. No one can compare themselves to Jackie Robinson. Yeah, this team, they may win it all. Man, they may not win another game in this series. I'm not scared of confrontation. I was brought up to like confrontation. I don't have any problem with that. I agree with your comment 1,000%. And please say it again for the people way in the back. I sang it, and it sounded great. That's not cool to joke like that. Yeah, I don't think nobody expected it to go like that. From here on out, he's not going to be the sole franchise player on whatever team he goes to. It's hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> if, I'm with, if, I, if I'm with Tom GM, I can't give you the Supermax. He stuffed a cell phone in his trunks. Why would you do that? We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. <laughs> Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. Ladies and gentlemen, start of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for this edition of the show. Want to send a big shout out to all of the people who are tuning in for the very first time. Thank you so much for giving us a try. And we encourage you to become a part of our community that we've created. And you can call, like, join the Facebook page all of that good stuff, and make us a part of your podcast menu. In addition to that, I want to send a big shout-out to all the people who have already called the Sports Line, who already post on the Facebook group page, who already interact and share and like with all of their friends. Shout-out to you guys. And finally, shout-out to everybody who already has their hurricane kit prepared. Of course, this is the first day of hurricane season. And if you live in South Texas or anywhere along the Gulf Coast, and maybe for the, the folks in Florida on the East Coast, everybody knows it's uh, hurricane season now, and we have to keep an eye out on the Gulf of Mexico. So that should cover just about everybody. So thanks for joining. We have a great show for you this time out. We have the NBA Finals coming up. And I could talk about that. And I have several folks who are part of the special teams unit who could talk about that. But we have a real-life Division One basketball coach, Byron Smith, from Prairie View A&M. He's going to chime in. Not only uh, – we don't talk so much college basketball. I wanted to tap him on the shoulder and get his advice and his, his thoughts on the NBA Finals. And we had a great conversation. You'll hear that in just a little bit. In addition to that, we'll have some headlines. We will also do a – we the people segment because I polled you guys on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, and I'll tell you more about that in just a second, to see who you thought would win the NBA Finals and when they would do it. So we'll get to that and more. In addition to that, we have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. We'll hear from our sponsors and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. So we have a packed show. But first, let me tell you guys a couple of things I have made available. For those who don't know and for those of you who do know, want to remind you guys, we have a 24-hour-a-day sports line 
where you can call, comment, ask a question, uh, give us your take, give us your predictions, give us your request. If you want us to talk about a certain topic or a certain issue, chime in, give us a call. 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. I may start to give away things related to those who call. Stay tuned for that because I have some swag. I just hadn't figured out a way to get it out to you guys, but we're working on it. So in addition to that, we have the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. There you can uh, answer poll questions. You can post. I mean, there are a lot of great posts every day from folks like Charles Rayon and, and J.M. Keith and Carl Smith. I mean, so many people, Joel Dunmore, all of those folks who uh, post. We thank you for all of those that come in every day and so many other people who just post things and uh, get the discussion going and uh, get us reminiscing or thinking about things happening in the world of sports. So you can do that. Also, you can uh, like the fan page. I often post on there as well. And finally, on Twitter, you can follow me at Wadesworth, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. So you got all of that? Do you have it? Okay, hope you got it. (laughs) With that, let's get into some headlines. And headlines. Let's talk about those Houston Astros. What else? If you've been listening to KTSU Sports Talk on 90.9 on Saturdays or this podcast, you know that I've been all in on the Houston Astros. Of course, they win again today. Winners of four straight, sweeping a series against the Oakland A's in dramatic fashion. I mean, as dramatic as you can get for the first day of June. But nonetheless, five four winners today. Justin Verlander again goes seven innings of no-hit baseball before giving up three runs. And so the Astros went into the top of the ninth trailing three to one but that didn't mean anything to your houston astros because they knew that they were just going to shift the gear and get it done and that's exactly what happened as jordan alvarez had a base clearing double to bring home three because the bases were loaded at the top of the ninth and alex bregman had already walked in a run to make score three to two so when alvarez came up Hit a double. All three men on base scored, giving the Astros a 5-3 lead. Ryan Presley came on for the save, and he gave up a run. But that's okay. It's okay. They had one to spare, and so that's what happened. When they scored that extra run, you know, just a little insurance. And so the Astros get it done again on the road. They go next for three games uh, to Kansas City. They play the Royals for three games, one of the worst teams in all of baseball. So that's uh, what they have coming up. That doesn't mean anything. You still got to go in there and beat them. But let's talk a little bit about Justin Verlander. On the season, 6-2, 2.23 ERA. This dude is, is doing work. And, again, he got knocked around last time out, but he sort of corrected some things. He worked on some things, and he was able to get it done today. He ended up giving up two hits and three earned runs. But like I said, Jordan Alvarez is just absolutely incredible. You can't say enough about what he's doing. I know we've been in this heated debate about Jeremy Pena on KTSU Sports Talk, but I'm telling you, this guy has been, I mean, MVP candidate. He had a two-home run game the other day in Oakland. One of them was 469 feet, and the other one was 440-some-odd feet. So he is getting it done. And so the Astros running away with the division right now. Still a lot 
of baseball left. But the Astros are doing their thing, and Jordan continues to just get better and better and better, not just as a power hitter, but as a guy who can get it done in clutch situations. Again, the other day had, what, 913 feet worth of homers, but this time just smacked the double right down the pipe and brought in three runs. So good day for Alvarez and the Houston Astros. You're talking about a team that has won seven of their last 10, and they go to 18 and 12 on the road and 15 games over 500. So that's pretty good by any measure at this point of the season. Only 51 games into the season, but again, a 647 win percentage. Catching up with those Yankees who having some injuries, and they're five and five in their last 10. So they're slowing down a little bit from that pace that they set early. So they are enjoying a five and a half game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays, who are pretty hot. Winners of six straight, eight and two in their last ten. For the Astros in the AL West, they're five and a half over the Angels. Angels sinking like a rock. Three and seven in their last ten. They've lost six in a row, so whatever mystique that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani have, it's uh, disappeared and evaporated Quickly, the Rangers are at 500 in their division, and the rest are the rest. So, a lot going on there. Let's shift gears and talk about the NBA Finals. They're here. And I think, all things considered, this is the most exciting matchup that you could have had. Because you have those young stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And, of course, the tenacity and the nastiness and the dog of Marcus Smart. You have the exciting first-year head coach, M.A. Adoka, who has led this team to the finals through a murderous row, if you will, in the Eastern Conference. Of course, beating the Brooklyn Nets and Durant. And Kyrie, then they beat Milwaukee, and of course, in the finals of the Eastern Conference, pulled out a game that they almost didn't pull out versus the Miami Heat. Of course, by now, you know that Jimmy Butler pulled up late in that game, only seconds remaining, shoot a three that would have put him ahead. The Miami Heat, I'm talking about, would have put him ahead, but of course, shot goes out, rebound, Boston. They seal the deal and win that series in seven games. So let's talk a little bit about, before we get to the finals, let's talk a little bit about the Jimmy Butler shot. It's been debated, and for the most part, nobody's really killing him on that. But let's just establish this right out of the gate. Because this is, this is I don't want to hear this. This is something that people are saying, and I don't want to hear this. They're saying he made the right decision. Okay, that is a fallacy. That's just wrong. If your intent is to win the game, any decision that you make that does not involve you winning the game in that kind of situation was not the right decision. Now, who's to say what would have happened had he driven, got fouled, didn't get fouled. Maybe Horford comes up with the defensive play of the series. I mean, whatever could happen, it was different from what did happen. So let's not say it was the right decision. Let's just say you don't have a problem with the decision. And I don't know if I have a huge problem with the decision, but you did have Horford on his heels. You could have driven. You're at home, so you go in the overtime. I like the home teams in overtime situations. I just think that you have a home court advantage. I just think, and I don't know if the numbers bear this out, I just think you have an advantage at home in overtime with your crowd fully engaged and the pressure building on the opposition. So, 
again, I don't have a big problem with it because he wanted to get it over with and he was taking a shot that he's hit before, hit earlier that night. So it wasn't a stupid or bonehead decision, but let's not say it was the right decision. Just say I can live with that decision. If I got to go home, I'll go home on that decision. But the right decision is whatever decision you make to win the game. Can't say he made the right decision and you lost. So that being said, let's talk about the finals. I'm tremendously excited for Golden State. I mean, Golden State has been my favorite team during this run. Steph and Clay and Draymond, and now you have Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. It's just a wonderful story that this team can get back to the finals after all that Clay went through, after after all the injuries that Steph went through. And you wonder, okay, can these guys, you know, ever get it going again? Then you draft a guy like a Wiseman that's not able to help you at all. But then you still have Kevon Looney, and you just have guys that step up. And I give credit to Steve Kerr and the coaching staff and the front office because they never gave up on this iteration of the Golden State Warriors. They made sure the big three were paid. Obviously, Durant wanted out, but that was a Durant thing. That wasn't a, a Warriors thing. That was a Durant thing, and we see how that worked out. You see, he he leaves Golden State. They're back in the championship. Kyrie leaves Boston. They're in the NBA championship. And those guys got swept out of here. They got put out, and that was a wrap for them. I don't know that they'll ever get back. But, again, that's a story and a conversation I'm sure we'll have many, many times between now and next season. So, again, this matchup, I have a sentimental favorite, and then I'm rooting for the, the guys. I mean, Clay Thompson, to go through what he went through and to get back, and he he's not even the story. Obviously, Steph is the story and Jordan Poole and Wiggins. I mean, this is a, a team that is a I mean, first-rate organization. And then you look at the other side where a guy like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those two guys, I mean, they are stars in this league. And you think, okay, they can get on a run where they can be back at this thing if uh, other pieces around them come together. They got it done. They went through, again, the gauntlet. And they got it done. I don't know that they'll get it done again in the finals. So my prediction is I'm going to say Golden State in six. And you always have to count on Golden State to just give away a game. I don't know what game that'll be. But they'll come out ago and they won't get it done. They'll turn over the basketball. I, I think, obviously, there's several keys to this. And people will look at the matchup between Smart and and Curry and, of course, Draymond and whomever they'll have him on and Wiggins versus Tatum, however they match up. But I will say this. There are going to be some, some key parts, some key components that have to come together. I think Looney is a guy you can look for uh, to make some contributions. He'll have to occupy Robert Williams down there in the block. And his health, Williams' his health, is going to be important as well. I just, again, I believe in Golden State and what they do and how they do it. And I want you to do this. I want to challenge you guys. And most basketball fans, real basketball fans, have done this. But if you're the casual fan and you're tuning into the NBA Finals, just on offensive possessions that Golden State has, that Steph Curry is in the game, just follow him for several possessions. Just, just don't even watch the basketball. Just watch him. And how, I mean, he must run – 
10 miles during the course of a game, running underneath screens, over screens, penetrating, driving, driving back out, just always on the move, running through traffic, running guys all around the court who are trying to defend him. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. That's why he's one of one when it comes to that. There are not too many guys that can log as many miles per game as Steph Curry doing what he does and still shoot at the rate that he does and still is the best shooter in the history of the NBA. I mean, it's amazing to watch. So keep an eye out on that. Of course, I put a poll question up, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. There are also a number of tidbits that I want to get to. But first, let's take a brief time out and hear a word from our sponsor. When we come back, we'll do the We the People, and we'll hit some more headlines. And, of course, a little bit later on, we have Byron Smith, head coach of the Prairie View and m Panthers, and we have Lamont Award. All that and more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance. And finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back. Well, you know, at the top, I mentioned the hurricane season. And I have to be honest with you, I have never gotten a hurricane kit together. And I've been through some bad ones. What was it? Ike Ike was one where lost power for days, for eight days. It was eight days without power. Something like that. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, that was really, really bad. And everybody started. That's when the community kind of came together. Everybody barbecued outside and found water from different places. But it's quite traumatic. And then the the last one was, I mean, it's just so hard to remember all of these bad storms and ice storms it's been rough <laughs> it's rough but yeah i need to some suggestions on what i need to have besides water you gotta have water and, and now that i don't drink i'm drinking a lot of bottled water and i i make sure i have a lot of bottled water i know for sure i'll need about 20 gallons of that but other than that yeah what else should i put and i know that they have specials and and list of things but i want to hear from you guys 832-941-6614 what do you have in your hurricane kit i don't know i don't know so uh, i want to get into some thoughts from you guys on the nba finals but they are a couple of very sad headlines that i want to get into including breaking news on the passing of former Dallas Cowboy running back, a really hard-nosed running back, uh, Marion Barber III. He was found dead today. Not any details, don't have any details. He was 38 years old, and he was in Frisco, Texas. So that's right outside of Dallas. He was found dead. Also, Jeff Gladney, a former defensive back from TCU, a first-round draft pick in 2020 by the Minnesota Vikings. He recently signed with the Arizona Cardinals, but he 
was killed in a car crash and that was in the Dallas area as well. He, along with his girlfriend, Andrea Mercedes Palacios. And, yeah, that's that's a, a heartbreaking story. Um, we'll have to look out and find out more information on the Marion Barber situation. Also, staying with stuff that's really, really sad. Obviously, here in Texas, and I know I have folks listening all over the country and all over the world for that matter, but here in Texas, of course, many folks are talking about the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, and where the 21 people were killed, 19 students, and the details just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I have to tell you, man, it's been a tough, tough week for the mentality of uh, this country. I mean, just hit after hit after hit. It's just rough, man. It's, it's really rough, and that is so extremely tragic. But if you're looking for some sort of silver lining, the Houston Texans will donate or have donated $400,000 to the families of the victims of the shooting, the mass murder in Uvalde. And with that, uh, you have a manager, Gabe Kapler, of the San Francisco Giants. He says, hey, I'm no longer going to come out for the national anthem. I, I'm, we're not trending in the right direction. We're not the country that we promised that we, that we say we are. We're not the country that we say we are. And I don't know what those road marks will be for Gabe Kapler. He, he, hadn't, he didn't know. He didn't know when he'll feel good enough to come out. I know he did come out on Memorial Day saying that that was a very special day in honor of the memory of those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for this country. So when you hear that sort of thing about Gabe Kapler in the Bay Area, of course you think about Colin Kaepernick. He got a workout with the Raiders, hadn't gotten signed yet, and we had a little bit of a discussion about that. And what's your take on that? Will For those of you who have gone away from the NFL, will you come back if Kaepernick is back in the NFL? Will he get back? Give me your thoughts on that, 832-941-6614. Speaking of hearing from you guys. Time for We the People. In the We the People segment, I come to you guys either with poll questions or on the sports line, 832-941-6614. If I haven't said it enough, I'll say it again. But this time I asked you guys to give us your predictions on the NBA Finals, and it's a runaway. It's beyond a landslide with this early voting that we have. I put the poll up kind of late, so I know a lot of folks hadn't chimed in. But right now, 93% of those who voted picked the Warriors to win, and they did it in different fashion. 7% said that they would sweep. Also, 33% said that they would win in seven games, and 53% said that they would win in five or six games. So those were the choices. You could either have Celtics or Warriors in a sweep, five or six games, or in seven games. So the majority feel like five or six games for the Golden State Warriors to win. 33% said in seven games. Only 7% voted for the Celtics to win at all, and that was in five or six games. So you've spoken. Shouldn't even be close. Is that sentimentality or is that basketball knowledge? We'll have to uh, stick around and find out. Keep those votes coming in. Of course, going to take a time out, come back on the other side with our conversation with Byron Smith. But first, a word from our sponsor and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Oh. 
For more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. fly in for this for a a a dj anarchy joint maybe i don't know but if you have music you want heard on the podcast it's easy just email us music at wadeswordproductions.com music at wadeswordproductions.com the genre doesn't matter the important thing is it's relatively radio edit we're sort of family friendly here i mean i'll have to bleep out any expletives but uh, just any music the genre doesn't matter whatever you like to play whatever you do Send it to us, and we'll expose it to our thousands and thousands of listeners to this wonderful, wonderful podcast, musicwadeswordproductions.com. We've had a variety of different sounds, and we welcome all sounds. And if you're a DJ, we'll play a portion of your mix at the halfway point and an extended portion at the end of the episode. So if you're a fledgling artist, if you know somebody who needs their music exposed, just hit us up, music at wadeswordproductions.com. Also, you can just hit me up if you want to email me anything, devin at wadeswordproductions.com. Also, if you want to advertise, advertise at wadeswordproductions.com. Anything you want to do, just reach out and we'll make it happen. We'll definitely do our best to try. couple things before we get into our conversation with Byron Smith, head coach of Prairie View A&M University, Division One basketball team. I want us to talk about a couple things real quick. French Open, Coco Golf. I had a chance to check out Coco Golf, who's 18 now. She just defeated Sloane Stevens to reach her very first Grand Slam semifinals. So keep an eye out for that. I know a lot of people don't watch when it's not Venus or Serena, or more, more recently, Serena or Serena. 
But uh, a couple of uh, folks you want to look out for, including Coco Golf, like I said, in the semifinals. And in the double semifinals, Madison Keys and Taylor Townsend in doubles. They have reached the semifinals. So some Americans are doing work. On the men's side, you talk about the big three. In tennis for the last 10 years or whatever, it's been the big three of Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, or Novak Djokovic. So what happened in the semifinals of the French Open, or not? In the, I guess in the quarterfinals? Well, some people say it is essentially the championship right there between those two who are battling for most all-time Grand Slam wins. I think Nadal is at 20, and Djokovic is at 19. Well, Djokovic will stay at 19 after losing in four sets in a four-hour match. I had a chance to check out a little bit of that at the French Open. So that's going on. It's good to take care of and pay attention to other sports other than just football, basketball, and baseball now. So uh, with that said, I do want to mention that John Madden will be on the cover of his game. He hadn't been on posthumously. He hadn't been on the cover of Madden football since, uh, I mean, it's been 20-plus years since he's been on the cover. But obviously he passed away in December, and they are honoring him by having him on the cover of his game. And it looks like the beef between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher has subsided. I guess cooler heads, more financially sound heads have gotten involved and uh, got those two to pipe down a little bit. And they have buried the hatchet. And uh, one of my favorite recent rivalries is now dormant, at least until football season starts. You know it's going to crank back up. And I I can tell you this, the two fan bases, the Alabama fan base and the Texas A&M fan base, they're not letting it go at all. So that being said, uh, they have decided to move on. Most fans and alumni haven't. And finally, a 23rd plaintiff has come forth to sue Deshaun Watson, she says she changed her mind after watching two alleged victims on the HBO program Real Sports. So, with that, let's talk to head coach Byron Smith. He's not a stranger to the show, and also he's been a big-time supporter of KTSU Sports Talk on Saturdays. Just a refreshing coach to talk to, always positive, always upbeat, and again, it's, it's contagious. I felt, hey, a lot more positive about my day after I talked to him, but we had a chance to catch up with him and get his thoughts on both the NBA Finals and some other stuff around the NBA. Great conversation. Here is our talk with Coach Smith. As promised, joined now by Prairie View A&M basketball coach, Coach Byron Smith. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. You said that. Great, great. I mean, an exciting time. And, of course, normally we would talk about your team, about what's coming up in the fall and and over the winter and with next year's team. But we wanted to tap into uh, some of your basketball expertise for the NBA Finals. Since you're a basketball lifer, what are your thoughts on the matchup between Boston and Golden State in the NBA Finals? I think it's a great matchup. I mean, obviously, best probably offensive team in the NBA with the Warriors against the right now playing the best defense of any team that's been in the playoffs with the Celtics. So, obviously, they're a good offensive team as well. But I, I think it's the best matchup that we could have gotten for our NBA final. Really excited about it, and really uh, looking forward to watching probably a t- tough seven-game series. 
So before we get into your predictions, let's talk a little bit about certain aspects of this matchup. So over the last couple of days, everybody's talking about Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, and they're circling the matchup between he and Steph Curry as the key matchup. I want to ask you about that matchup, but is that the key matchup in this series, in your opinion? I think the I think that is going to be a key matchup. I think you know what Andrew Wiggins is able to do defensively in guarding Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, because those guys are playing very well right now as a duo. I think that's going to be key as well with Andrew Wiggins because he's had obviously the best the best run of his uh, of his NBA career. I also think equally as important from my perspective, the man in the middle with the Celtics, Robert Williams. Obviously, he's been banged up. I think he's really really laboring with that knee. Uh, that's been bothering him. When he's in the game and he's healthy, his activity, his ability to be able to protect the rim, sends the Celtics defense to another level. Obviously, he plays sparingly, uh, you know, in the Miami Heat series. So I think that that that's going to be a, 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 a key cog to the Celtics' success. So, but obviously, you know, Steph Curry being the head of the snake, they're going to have to they're going to have to challenge him. I think Marcus Smart gives him the best chance. I don't think anyone's able to guard Steph Curry uh, and be able to neutralize Steph Curry. I think he's going to be right there at about 25 plus points a game for the series but um a lot of key matchups but obviously i, I think you do start with that one but like i said i think wiggins is tough it's gonna be a tough he'd be a tough out in his ability to be able to impact and robert williams as well when you talk about the golden state warriors and their ability to get steph open looks talk a little bit about from a coaching standpoint how are they able to do that some of the things that they do to free him up what are those things i think first of all Devin, to be honest is that you know it's a mindset that the Warriors are so unselfish, right? And in, in, in a game today that it's, it's selfishness is paramount. They're so unselfish. I think it starts with that. that they don't care that Steph is their, is their leading scorer every night. They actually welcome that. They want that because he's such a good guy. But obviously with their ball movement, uh, they set screens. And one of the things that, that, that all of them do, Steph especially, is they screen to get open. You know, I think if you look at it from the standpoint, when you go set a screen, the way the game has been played for years, it, it's obviously to get someone open. But I think they screen... Steph screens to get open, and obviously they do a great job of ball movement. Moving without the ball, you hardly ever see them stand and watch. You hardly ever see them have more than one or two dribbles to three dribbles. It's either a shot or it's a pass. So obviously Steph's the main guy. They know that as he goes, they go. You know, and they just do a great job of, of spacing. They do a great job of reversing the ball. The ball never sticks. You know, and obviously in the NBA, that, that's pretty that's pretty paramount. I think James Harden has made that very fashionable to sit there and dribble, 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 dribble. Now Luka's doing it. The Warriors never do that. But Steph's the guy. They don't have an issue with it. They, they want him to be their MVP. And I just think that's rare in, in, in today's NBA game that people are really looking out for the other guy because it's everyone's you know obviously chasing the bag. Uh, they want to get the contract. They want to get the money. And 90% of the time, the money comes from scoring. But the Warriors are a totally unselfish team. They do things the right way. I think every young person that's involved in the game now uh, should look at how they play from a team standpoint, try to mimic that. And obviously, when you when your team has success, you know, obviously the individual parts are going to come and you're going to be able to get the things that you want. But just a fun team to watch, fun team to study and a fun team for coaches to point to those guys. Is that that's that's total team basketball on the offensive side and the defensive side. Have you been able to implement some of the things you've seen Golden State do and maybe even Boston for that matter? I think from a defensive standpoint, I think we're my, my program is probably closer to what the Celtics do defensively. Uh, as opposed to what the Warriors do offensively. It's real tough. 
I mean, you got to have great shot makers. And obviously, Clay's a great shot maker. Steph's a great shot maker. And Jordan Poole's a great shot maker. And obviously, Wiggins has opened up his game a lot. And he's, a, he's become a really good offensive player. So I think it's a lot easier to implement what the Celtics do from a defensive standpoint for us and for most teams. But if you could have that space and pace type of a situation where you can space the floor and just reverse the ball and move it, pass up a good shot to get a great shot, I mean, I, I think it would improve everyone's chances to have success uh, in, within, within their program. One of the things that is a strength that you mentioned already with Golden State is the, their ability to pass the ball and share the ball. Conversely, they turn over the basketball and they can be kind of careless with the basketball at times. And in my opinion, and I'll get your take on this, if they protect the basketball and don't have an immense amount of turnovers, they're going to win this series. What do you see with how and why they turn over the basketball so much? You know what, I, I think they just, they just they have so much success at scoring. I think sometimes they do become a little complacent because they're so comfortable. It comes so easy and natural to them because they practiced it ways. I mean, it, they, I mean, they've carefully constructed that team. Not anyone can play for the Warriors. Obviously, you have to have a selfless mindset, but you have to be able to to uh, move the ball. Uh, you have to be able to make shots. When the ball comes your way, you have to be able to make shots, and, and, and they're able to do that. But I think that they just get so comfortable because they just really make the game look easy on the offensive side. I think sometimes they probably get a little complacency sets in, a little boredom probably sets in uh, because they got so much confidence. But if, I agree, Devin, if they are able to take care of the basketball and not turn it over, this game may not go seven games. I mean, series may not go seven seven games. It may be six that the Warriors can, can win. But I, again, I think it's going to be a great series. Really looking forward to watching both teams uh, execute at the highest levels. want to ask you about, we talked about Marcus Smart on the defensive end. Let's talk a little bit about Draymond and what, how how do you think the Warriors will use him? Who will he be on? How, how will he be utilized for Golden State on the defensive end? I think he'll be on Jason Tatum a lot. I think he'll be on Jalen Brown. I mean, Draymond is a guy that, you know, you can switch one through five with him. I think he'll guard Al Horford some. I don't think it matters. I mean, Draymond is a Draymond is a, is a, is a mentality, you know, how he is. His, it's his mentality. He doesn't care. You don't measure uh, guys by their the true players, by their by their heights. You measure them by their heart. And Draymond is the heart and soul of the Warriors from a spirit standpoint. But I do think that he's going to spend a lot of time on on uh, on Jason Tatum. He's going to spend a lot of time on on Jalen Brown. And I think at, at times, I think he'll probably play some five and switch out on Al Horford's and maybe even Robert Williams. So Draymond is a, is a unicorn. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I don't think he's great at one thing other than playing hard. So I, I, I think you're going to see him, you know, with a, a lot of different matchups. And I really don't think it matters. I don't think he's – I don't think he feels there's no one that he can't guard, regardless of the skill set or the size. Let's talk a little bit about the coaching matchup, Kerr, against Yudoka. What do you think about that matchup? I mean, Yudoka's getting the most out of this team. I mean, this team is really thriving and flourishing under his leadership. Talk a little bit about the coaching matchup. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, you hear this all the time that Steve Kerr, you know, kind of fell into a gravy train full of biscuits. <laughs> Mark Jackson constructed a great unit. Obviously, the Warriors brass, the front office constructed a really good team and I've always said this, man, you know, and in no disrespect to Steve Kerr, I think he does a really good job. They run a lot of great sets and they're a fun team to watch and they play the right way. But, you know, how great of a coach do you have to be when you got two of the greatest shooters in the history of the game and, and someone that plays each game like it's his last, a guy like Draymond Green. And they just kind of fill in the fill in the, 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 the spaces. When you got a foundation like that, I think you can plug guys in. Kevin, uh, Kevon Looney, and obviously Jordan Poole up and coming. Obviously, he was playing somewhere else besides with the great Steph Curry and and Clay and Draymond, you know, he probably would be a, a top 20, 25 player in the NBA. I, I think he's an up-and-coming future star in the game. So he's got a lot of offensive firepower, guys that can make shots, 
you know, so, you know, again, but that's not taking any away from Steve Kerr. You still have to manage egos. You have to have rotations down. You got to learn who plays well together. And that's coaching. And I think he does a great job with that. On the other hand, Udoka, I'm so happy. I mean, not obviously just because he's, uh, you know, a minority person. I just think he's a guy that paid his dues. You know, one of the few players that was a really solid player and then, and then went on to become really, really an even better coach. And I think he's grown a lot, but I think he's paid his dues. So you want to see people like that that, you know, kind of wouldn't, wouldn't hand it anything other than just an opportunity to get into coaching. I think he's been an assistant 10, 12 years, I think. And he finally got his opportunity to be in the top spot. And I think he's capitalized on it. And you re- we really feel good about it. I'm definitely rooting for him. It seems like he's a great guy and does a really good job at getting on those guys and not being afraid to, you know, get in their face a little bit respectfully and tell them what they're not doing and not playing the right way. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big Ime Udoka fan. And obviously I would love to see the, the Celtics have a chance to be successful because of the way they play and because he's coaching. Let's talk a little bit about Boston and their road to the NBA Finals. They went through a tough Miami team, the Brooklyn Nets, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, what does that do for you to prepare your team for the ultimate matchup in the NBA Finals? I, I mean, I, I think what it does is I think it gives you the mindset that, you know what, that we can have success against anybody because all those teams that you just named that they had to beat to get to this point, they were all different in style and how they play. So I think that gives you confidence that no matter what's thrown at you, you can handle it. Whatever offensive teams are running, you can guard. You've guarded everything that, that they're going to run, you know, and that, that you know that you can get your shots and that you can be just as effective, you know, against the, the best team in, in the NBA from a, a talent standpoint. And I think the way that they play, I think it just gives you confidence because I think the, the East was tougher to get to the finals to this point than what the West was. Not to be disrespectful, but I just think it's a tougher road for the Celtics to get to where they got than it was for the Warriors. So I just think it gives you supreme confidence that you can match up against anyone and you can have success. I do want to go back to the Eastern Conference final and the last shot, or one of the last shots up by uh, Jimmy Butler pulling up for the three instead of penetrating, going for the win, instead of mm-hmm. driving from a possible two, maybe an and one, uh, maybe a mm-hmm. couple free throws. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's been a hot topic, a really debatable yeah. topic. Uh, what did you think of that? play and really if you want to comment more on jimmy butler as well throughout the season we certainly invite you to do that i think he's damned if you do damned if you don't if he takes it to the basket they say hey well you know what why, why did you go in against a six nine guy that 16 guy that's playing great defense what are your chances take the, the, the jump shot which he did then obviously going to question and say why did you take it further so i, I don't think that if, if he if he wasn't successful i i don't think that he that i don't think that he could win it because it's going to be second guess I think with the way that Jimmy Butler played, putting his team on his back, and he played some of the best basketball that we've ever seen in, 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 in the NBA playoffs, I think you have to live with whatever decision that he made. I think that you saw that, that his teammates totally supported him. I, mean, I just think that either way, I think either, either decision that he made was the right decision because he, he had a feel, and uh, I think they trusted him. And again, without Jimmy Butler, they would not have been in Game 7. I mean, let's, let's just be honest about it. I'll just take the entire team. But, you know, him putting up numbers the way that he did and just kind of making big shots in game six, you know, because I really didn't think they were coming out of Boston going back to Miami. So the fact they got to game seven, you know, it's a total team effort. But, you know, Jimmy Butler was the was 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 stirring the pot and made it happen. So anything you do in life, it's, it's always going to be second guessed for the most part. You know, when you have a bunch of people that are that have opinions about it. But you know what? You, you have to trust instincts. And, and Jimmy felt good about what he did. I still think that it could have been more effort, Devin, for the, 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 the Heat to go for the offensive rebound as well. It just seemed like he was, it was a one shot and nobody chased the rebound. And at that stage, because, you know, it's down to the last 10 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever the case may be, they should have had a little bit more effort of going for an offensive rebound. 
and trying to get, you know, another opportunity to win the game or send the game in the overtime. Want to get back to the finals, and of course we know Jalen Brown and Tatum and Smart on on the Celtics side, and then of course Clay and Poole and Draymond and Curry on the Golden State side. Who is a guy that may come out of the shadows? Maybe a guy we're not counting on that'll be a key player in this NBA Finals. You know, again, I've always been a big you know Andrew Wiggins guy. Uh, and I know we have talked about him a little bit, but he's still not probably considered, you know, the creme de la creme. Uh, I'm a Wiggins fan because obviously I love when his dad played. Mitch Wiggins with the Rockets and, you know, just did some really good things. Unfortunate, you know, that obviously his career took a turn that it did because of some of the off the court things. But, you know, again, I, I just think that he's going to be key. I, I think that I think the Warriors are going to need him to, to step up and to have a presence on the defensive side. You know, because, you know, obviously he's going to be guarding some, you know, two of the better wings in the NBA. Uh, I think his ability to be able to rebound, I think his ability to be able to make open shots is going to be big. There's a lot of guys that you could look at, but 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 he kind of stands out in my mind, even though we have mentioned him and he has, you know, shown up, especially in the Mavericks series, the, the finals. But I, I think he's going to be someone that's going to have a big role. And I think that if he can play the way that we think that he can play and that we've seen him play, I think it bodes well for the Warriors uh, to, to come on with the, with the big trophy. Well, before we get to your specific prediction, I do want to ask you about another NBA story. Darvin Ham, you talk about Udoka with the he, he being a, a lifetime NBA guy, paid his dues. Darvin Ham, I can't think of anybody just about other than maybe Sam Cassell that has done more as, as, throughout his career as an assistant and finally getting the job with the Lakers. Uh, not an enviable position in some respects when you look at the makeup <laughs> of that team, but what are your thoughts on Darvin Ham, a, a tech Texas guy went to Texas Tech, Southwest Conference guy. Uh, what do you think of him getting the head coaching job for the Lakers? I mean, we're really excited about him. Obviously, kind of the underdog role. Wasn't a great player, but, it, you know, again, you know, a player that kind of all of the Marcus Smart type, minus the offense, just a grit and grunt and grind type of a guy. Played hard all the time. Spent some time in Houston, you know, while he was in the NBA. Had a chance to run up and down, do a little pickup basketball with him. So, always a ferocious competitor, a tough guy, a guy that would kind of rip your head off around the basket, just a, uh, a, a hard head lunch pail type of guy. So really, really excited for the opportunity that he's gotten. Uh, when you pay your dues like that and you play, you know, the, 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 the way that he's played and you're patient and waiting on your opportunity and not really self-promoting and not really complaining a lot about when am I going to get my chance? Because, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of guys, they do that. You know, hey, I've done this, and especially former players. Sometimes those guys kind of feel that it's, it's their right, you know, to, uh, to get, a, to get a, an opportunity to be – a head coach, but really excited for Darvin. Don't really know him personally to say if he walked by me right now, he would, and it probably would be like, hey, hey, what's up? Remember the face, but I don't really know him, know him. So, you know, I'm not not pumping him up or whatever, but really happy uh, that he got the opportunity. Obviously, it's it's, it's a tough task to go out and coach the, the Lakers because you got to deal with so much, but I, I do believe that he's probably the right person for the job and that I think he's, you know, a little bit like what I'm hearing the Ty Lue is and the fact that He's not afraid to get on the stars and tell them when they're not doing what they're supposed to do and just really managing that roster. They've got the talent. I think they just need management. I think someone they can look to and listen to and trust and respect from a leadership standpoint. And I, I, I think he's the guy to do it. He's got to put together a really good staff because, you know, one person can't coach that group. It's going to have to be a really, really good staff that he, that he has to put in place for it to be successful. But I'm happy for him. Wish him all the best. And I, I think he will do a really solid job uh, out there with the Lakers. Well, finally, let's get down to your prediction of these NBA finals. 
Game one tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Who you got? I got game one. I obviously got the Warriors. And I think I think the Warriors will win in six. Warriors in six. Okay, we got you down on that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you have going on over the summer. Obviously, we would love to visit with you closer to the basketball season, but how are you spending your offseason? I mean, obviously, recruiting is a 365-day-a-year task. What, what's going on with the Purview NM basketball program? And obviously, it's recruiting. I mean, it never stops. I mean, it's a lifeline of your program. You know, so we've got, you know, a few more scholarships to fill. Obviously, we're sifting through the portal. We're looking at the JUCO ranks, and obviously, there's a really, really – intriguing high school prospect that we think that we can grow and groom and help get better and, and it's going to come in with a you know with a mindset that I may not play as much right away but I'm going to be patient not have a one and done mentality uh you know we're looking at the high school route obviously we're looking for NIL opportunities for our program because obviously that's the that's the going thing right now to be able to try to secure that I think that helps you in recruiting and makes you know your your program your institution a little bit more of a viable option for some of these top flight you know athletes you know, so really that's, that's kind of it, you know, for the most part. You know, got kids getting ready to come back to campus. Uh, going to do some individual workouts. You know, won't have all of our players. but have quite a few of them come up, uh, you know, on campus. And just like I say, just, you know, trying to work out a little bit myself. And I've been working on my game a little bit, Devin. I don't play a lot of <laughs> golf, you know, but I still play in all the men's leagues. So I'm still thinking I might get a, you know, a two-day call-up, you know, maybe from the NBA if they need a spot-up shooter. That's 50 years old. <laughs> Uh, so I'm still doing that a lot, everything. Probably spending too much time playing. Probably need to spend a little bit more time watching film so I can be a better coach. But enjoying life. I mean, Devin, God is good. You know, I mean, uh, we all have a, uh, you know, being attached to this game. You know, if, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. We're definitely blessed and fortunate to have it. Uh, I'm excited about it. You know, I think you have two types of days in life, Devin. You have great days and good days. And most of my days are great days because I have life, I have energy, great family, great support. And we work at a fine institution. Being able to connect with with, with tremendously impactful people like yourself and Kevin Allen and things like that. I think you guys do a great job and appreciate you guys taking notice and extending me the opportunity to be able to speak with you. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. I think we all benefit from it because I think you guys are about the right thing and about promoting the game the right way and not having favorites. Obviously you guys are on the Texas Southern side. I don't think you guys are fair. I think give everybody a fair shot, you know, in this game, uh, in this city. So I want to commend you guys for the great job that you do. And like I say, man, I just hope that we just get more people like you guys and we all come together. And I think we give this, give the young people, the youth of today, a better chance of being successful uh, in our roles as leaders. Because we are leaders, whether we want to admit it or not, you know, in obviously different spectrums. But I think we all can continue to work together and be supportive of one another. Uh, I, I think we give these young people uh, a chance to have success and have great impact out in society as they, as they move on to becoming adults uh, and moving on into everyday life. Well, Coach, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Before we let you get out of here, is there a way for folks to contact you? A lot of people want to have you look at their kids. or I mean, how can folks reach out to you to support the program or just uh, connect with you? Well, my personal assistant is a guy, a Texas Southern guy by the name of Kevin Allen. So if you want to reach a fine virus, just get in contact with the Silver Fox. But no, seriously, Dev, I, I don't do much on social media, man. I'm kind of a rotary telephone. I'm just an old country boy from Louisiana. But, I mean, I am on the Prairie View website. My my uh, email, my cell phone number, my personal cell phone number is on the website. So if there's any questions you guys have or anything that I can help with, assist with, or if it's about recruiting, uh, just go to, you know, www.pbamu.edu. My bio's on there. My personal information's on there. You can get in contact with me that way. Well, Coach, uh, if this uh, series sort of uh, lingers, if we get up to game five and six, we look forward to maybe visiting with you again and get your take on the first few games of this series. 
Devin, any, anything I can do to help, man, just let me know. I'm always here for you. Big fan of what you guys do. And anytime I can help, uh, just, just reach out. L love to chat with you guys anytime I can. I certainly appreciate it. Sounds good, <laughs> Dev. I appreciate your time, man. You have a great day and enjoy the series, okay? To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. want to thank Coach Byron Smith for joining us. Man, how good was that? You only have two kind of days, good days and great days. I, I'm going to hold on to that. I mean, I'm inherently a half-empty thinker, so I have to practice that. <laughs> Good days and great days. I like that, and I love the conversation, and we'll have to have him back. We certainly appreciate his time. So, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, you know by now, athletes, pro athletes, are some of the biggest gamblers in all the world. I mean, they gamble with one another. I've heard of fistfights on planes. I've heard about all sorts of fisticuffs in locker rooms. Of course, the Washington Wizards situation with Gilbert Arenas, where guns were brought to the facility. Yeah, I mean, these guys get serious about it. And normally it's been football that I've come into contact, that I've heard about personally, and basketball. Well, it's bled over into MLB. To Major League Baseball. Cincinnati Reds outfitter Tommy Pham said on Saturday he agreed to a three-game suspension for slapping San Francisco Giants outfielder Jock Peterson on the cheek over a fantasy football dispute prior to Friday's game. So yeah, Tommy Pham and there's grainy footage of the two interacting in the outfield and Pham slapping Jock Peterson. Now you're like, what in the hell happened here? This is prior to the game, so it's not about something happening in the game. This is about something that has nothing to do with that. And I've heard also altercations over women and blah, 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 and all of this. But this was over fantasy football. Now, think about this. A major league player slaps another player over fantasy football. Wrap your head around that. Because, again, the football season starts, and baseball season is still well underway. So let's, uh, let's review what happened according to these guys. This is from an ESPN article. Quote, on Friday, Pham confronted and smacked Peterson while the Giants warmed up in the outfield. The pair had to be separated. Pham on Saturday said the dispute stemmed from an old text sent by Peterson to the Fantasy League's group chat in which Pham says Peterson disrespected his teammates on the San Diego Padres for whom he played last season. Now here is the quote from Pham. I slapped Jock, Pham told reporter Saturday. He said some I don't condone. I had to address it. He went on to say, it was regarding my former team, the Padres. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the sketchy going on in the fantasy. We had too much money on the line, so I look at it like there's a code. You're f***ing with my money. Then you're going to say some disrespectful there's a code to this, end quote. Now, after all of that, Peterson responded. He even showed a gift that he sent to the teammates. Apparently, he was friends with a couple of guys, and he knew that he could joke with them. He didn't really know Fam. Fam ended up leaving the league. It's just a mess. And first of all, both of them should get the Lamont Award for oversharing. Okay, if you are doing this and you talk about the code, like uh, Terrence Harris said in a previous podcast, 
you violate the code by talking about the code. Stop talking about whatever it is that really, really happened. I'm surprised both of those guys didn't get more time, especially fam. But let me say this about Jock Peterson. You cannot let a grown man slap you. And to Tommy Pham, you are on the Cincinnati Reds. You guys are 17 and 32. Already this season, you are 14 games behind. If you want to hit somebody, why don't you slap some base hits for the Cincinnati Reds, who are just horrible. They, they are the worst franchise in all of baseball. And this is what you're worried about? But you don't slap a grown man, not where there are a bunch of bats around, in a clubhouse or a field full of bats, you don't slap a grown man. If a man slaps me, he better – I mean, I, I won't even get into hypotheticals about what I would – you have to fight if somebody, if another man slaps you. That's, just, that's the code. So that is the code right there. So, Tommy Fan, because you want to slap a grown man in the face behind fantasy football by a gambling debt or gambling loss – and Jack Peterson, for you not to retaliate in the most forceful means necessary to make sure something like this never, ever happens again, both of you are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> that is the ultimate sign of disrespect. You don't slap a grown man in the face. And they said they had to be separated. That would have taken a lot more separation than what I saw for me to be separated from somebody slapped me in the face. Now, I mean, even if I have to take an L, even if I'm fighting Hercules, and again, I don't want to get into hypotheticals about me because I don't want nobody to just walk up to me and slap me in the, and, or test me on this situation. But let me say this. That is ridiculous. In three games, you're getting out pretty easy with three games. But you need to be slapping that baseball around, getting some more runs for those woeful Cincinnati Reds. So how about that for some big dummies to wrap up this episode? Well, with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank Coach Byron Smith. Want to thank DJ Anarchy. Want to thank our sponsors, Brighter Brains and CoBank Homes. Want to thank you guys for listening, for calling, for texting, for messaging, for tweeting, all of the stuff that you do. Want to remind you, you can join the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook and like the fan page. You can give us a call 24 hours a day. Leave a message on the sports line, 832-941-6614. You can follow me on Twitter at Wade. Word. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>